Good evening, everyone. It is Monday, November 23rd, a couple of days before Thanksgiving. This is, of course, Michael Hendricks, owner and creator of Presidential Forecast and Results. Tonight, I'm bringing you a special episode uh, that, until earlier tonight, was going to have a much different tone, but thanks to some changes in this ever-increasing changing of the political world, episode is going to be a little bit more upbeat than I previously thought it would be. Before I get into that, I do just want to talk about my presidential forecasting results webpage, talk about ways that you can be a supporter of my podcast, and an update on the Electoral College podcast that I am still in the planning stages of. Uh, So first of all, I do highly encourage everyone to check out my presidential forecasting results webpage, which is at www.presforecast.com. That is P-R-E-Z, as in zebra, forecast.com. On that webpage, you will see all the forecasts that I've made from early spring all the way up to the election. I talked in my very first episode about how I started with my forecasting going all the way up to this year, Uh, but please do check that out. That is also a companion to my podcast, where you will see write-ups on what I've talked about on the most recent podcast. I'm looking for supporters for my podcast, for the Prez Forecast podcast. You can do this uh, each month, starting as low as 99 cents per month. Uh, The price ranges go up to $4.99 and $9.99. I would be very appreciative of anyone who wants to be a supporter of this podcast and and help me in the future. Uh, To become a supporter, you just need to go to anchor.fm forward slash Michael dash Hendricks 98. And Michael is a spell, uh, of course, spelled M-I-C-H-A-E-L Hendricks H-E-N-D-R-I-C-K-S. This will be on my webpage at prizeforecast.com so that you can actually just click on it and become a supporter. Once you go to the webpage, you just click on support to decide what monthly support you want to give me. I accept everything. You can also, on this webpage, on my anchor.fm webpage, send me a message uh, that I may respond to in future episodes. As far as I can tell with the messages, these are voice messages. Leave your message. See what happens. And just a quick update on my Electoral College podcast. I know I've been promising this now. This will be my third episode that I'm promising. Uh, This podcast, I've decided to push it back to the actual date, around the date that the Electoral College will actually meet and vote. Just because I want to see what the results are going to be. That will play a very key role uh, into my actual podcast talking about the history of the Electoral College and what can be done, if anything, to change the the Electoral College uh, system to better represent how the people of the United States are actually voting. With that being said, let's go ahead and move on to tonight's podcast. The title of this podcast is Transition Begins. If you have not heard yet, the transition has officially begun tonight. Now, I planned on actually started uh, to talk about the Michigan State Board of, of 
Um, you know, say this this will happen sometimes. I wrote the wrong word down. I've lost my train of thought with this. But I'm going to keep right on going. Um, because this has to do with the certification of Michigan. All the counties have reported in. So that was going to be what I was going to be talking to canvassers. There's that word. I knew I'd find it eventually. So to kind of go back on this, I planned on starting this blog or this podcast and just spending the entire time or a large part of it on the Michigan State Board of Canvassers and their vote today and what that was going to look like. But we had a sudden change early this evening when we found out through a tweet, because it's almost always by tweet, that Trump had directed General Services Administration, or GSA, Emily Murphy, to actually start the transition process. Now, this is the transition process for President-elect Joe Biden to become the 46th President of the United States. Uh, it was a really shocking turn of events as she has refused to do this, go through this process uh, to kind of make the results official. Now, whether or not Trump admits it, or he doesn't, uh, use the double word there, but we know he's not going to admit it, he never has, but whether or not he admits that he has lost, this action does clear the way for the Biden team to start preparing for Biden's presidency. So what does this mean? It signals uh, the assertion or the beginning of the transfer of power. All right, forecasters, if you haven't heard about Anchor, and by now you should have, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain a few details. First of all, it's free. It's never going to cost you anything to make a podcast on Anchor FM. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can also make money straight from your podcast with no minimum listen, uh, listenership. And it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Now, if you're interested in making your own podcast like I've been doing and like some of my friends and family have been doing, you need to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Now, this actually comes from a law that was signed in 1964, known as the Public Law 88-277. And in this law, it guarantees quite a lot as far as the transition. Two of the main things that it guarantees is a suitable office space uh, for the Biden uh, team. Uh, Another way to look at this is kind of handing over the key, the, the process of handing over the keys of the government to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. What this also does is it gives a payment of compensation, uh, compensation to the members of the president-elect team. Uh, make sure that they're paid. Make sure that what they need to do to get ready uh, to take over the presidency, that everything is paid for. Now, we're talking millions of dollars. I heard it, the, the number tonight, but I don't remember it. But it is quite a bit. 
And just as a reminder from my last podcast, this occurs after it is apparent or that it is called that there is a winning uh, in the presidential election. As I stated in my last podcast, this is not dependent on any votes, any states, anything like that being certified. It is not dependent on the Electoral College voting. It is not dependent on the House of Representatives certifying the Electoral College vote. This process is supposed to begin when there is a parent winner or when the the media has called the election. This is something that has gone on since 1964. It was further codified after 2000, uh, the 2000 election to make sure that this process begins as quickly as possible to begin the process of basically switching out the presidents. Now, do we expect to see President Trump invite President-elect Biden to the White House? No. It's just not going to happen. I don't see it happening. I could be wrong, and I will, of course, admit that if I do end up being wrong in this, but I just don't see that happening. I don't see Trump inviting Biden to the White House to discuss the transition. I don't fully expect Trump to even show up to the inauguration. So what led to all this? Well, there were quite a few things that happened in the last few days that led to this event. First, Georgia certified uh, its uh, its state elections after their recount. Now, Trump has requested a new recount. Uh, it's not clear right now whether that is going to actually happen. Uh, but the, the first recount uh, that has now certified the state didn't really change anything. Uh, also, all Arizona counties have certified so now it just moves on to Arizona to finish their certification process. And I will actually get to those those dates here in a bit. And then the third thing that happened was that uh, Michigan did certify their state votes. Again, this is what I'm going to talk about, focus on in the next segment. Uh, the whole certification issue that happened with Michigan. And then the final thing was GSA Murphy refused to testify today in front of a congressional, uh, in front of Congress, about her decision not to ascertain. Uh, it was very controversial. She was being steadfast in this uh, to show her loyalty to Trump. Uh, there were some stories going around about how, how she felt attacked through this entire process. And, and personally, I don't, I don't feel sorry for her. Uh, there's there's no empathy on this for her. She had a job to do, and until today, she refused to do it. That's as simple as it gets. It's also not clear if Trump actually ordered this, even though he did tweet it out, or if uh, GSA Murphy made this decision on her own. We may never know the truth about this, but that's perfectly fine, though. So... That is the big news today, that the transition has officially begun. This is probably about as close as we will get to Trump conceding the election by sending out this tweet, which was a loaded tweet uh, that they're still fighting in the courts. You know, at this point, it's blah, blah, blah. It's just white noise that's going on. 
Uh, I'll discuss that a little bit towards the end of my podcast. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on, on that because it's just getting fr- uh, frivolous and ridiculous at this time. But that is where I'm going to kind of make a transition and move on to the uh, Michigan certification. I'm going to take a quick break from my throat and to get a drink of Coke. And then we will come back to the Michigan certification. Hang tight. Hello, forecasters. I just wanted to remind you again of an opportunity to be a supporter of my podcast. Uh, This begins again, starting at 99 cents a month, going up to 9.99 a month. All you have to do is go to anchor.fn forward slash michael-hendricks98 where you can click on the supporter button. It gives you those three different options. Also, as always, always looking for sponsors. So anyway, that you want to support my podcast and my website so I can do bigger, better things, please do so. Okay, and I'm back, and we are moving on to the Michigan certification. Today was the due date for Michigan to have their state boats certified, and quite a bit has actually happened uh, from my last podcast, where I discussed the Wayne County certification and how that went off the rails so much, in fact, that in the process of actually finalizing that episode and getting ready to send it out to the world, uh, that everything that had happened that day was completely reversed, and I had to do an update before I was even final uh, done finalizing that episode. But today was due date for Michigan to certify its votes for Joe Biden. But before that happened, last week, Trump, because Trump is always involved in anything that goes on that should not be going on, hosted two Michigan legislators, Michigan Senate Leader Mike Shirky, and Speaker of the Michigan State House, Lee Chatfield, to the White House to discuss some things that is widely believed that the main issues that Trump was discussing with these two gentlemen had to do with the certification process and the possibility of the state legislature somehow overriding the governor of Michigan and putting Trump loyalists into the Electoral College so that they could vote for Trump instead of Biden. But they were later seen late in the night at Trump Hotel drinking some Don Perignon because as state legislators, why not be drinking Don Perignon at Trump Hotel in Washington, D.C.? They both claimed that the only reason they came to see Trump was to discuss the ongoing COVID situation in Michigan. Not calling them liars, just saying they don't know how to lie very well. So the Michigan State Board of Canvassers today voted three to one to certify the state results. Uh, there were two Democrats on this canvasser board and two Republicans. One of the Republicans joined the two Democrats and Michigan certified its votes. Now, this pretty much makes it almost impossible, but not completely impossible for Trump to somehow overturn this election. 
but it does end his legal attempts to overturn the election in Michigan. So Michigan has now been certified for Biden. Georgia has now been certified for Biden. That's two of the states that Biden was able to flip over into his corner. Now, when we look at the remaining states, there's three more states uh, that flipped. Arizona, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Arizona is supposed to have their votes certified by the 30th, which is a week from tonight. And I, I will go ahead and remind you of what I said at the beginning of this podcast, that all the counties in Arizona have now certified their counties. So just at this point, it's just waiting for the state to go ahead and get it certified. Pennsylvania, their certification was supposed to be due today. Now, they did report out that most have been, most of the counties have been certified at this point. Some are outstanding, which according to Pennsylvania is not unusual. This is something that goes on every election. Sometimes it just takes a little bit longer. And then Wisconsin has until December 1st to certify their votes. Now, at the last information I saw, the recount in Wisconsin is obviously still going on where Biden currently leads by 200,000 votes, or sorry, 20,000 votes. Uh, That recount is ongoing, and there's been virtually no changes. Uh, Trump has gained some, Biden has gained some. Uh, Nothing's changing that's going to seemingly erase that 20,000 vote deficit, or sorry, deficit for Trump. Let's look at a a quick vote update, the, the national vote which, as we all know, means absolutely nothing but bragging rights in the national election in the United States of America. Currently, Biden is sitting at 51% of the vote. Trump is sitting at 47.2% of the vote. Biden currently has 79,822,317 votes, leaving him just just under 180,000 votes to hit 80 million votes. Trump is currently sitting at 73 million votes, 791,438. He's currently sitting at roughly 200, just a little over 200,000 votes shy of 75, or sorry, 74 million. And this, of course, is a 6 million vote lead for Biden. Again, despite what the media is telling you, this was not a close election. So where are the biggest outstanding votes right now? They're all in New York. At this point, New York has only counted 84% of the vote. Now they do have until December 7th to certify the state. And at the rate they've been going since election day, they may not finish counting their vote and then having to immediately certify it until that day. If we look at the most outstanding counties uh, or areas, we have for Trump uh, that will benefit him, Staten and Suffolk counties. Gotta hate it when your voice goes dry right in the middle of a segment. Uh, Staten Island currently is sitting at 88% counted. 
Celtic is certainly uh, currently sorry currently sitting at 79%. The rest are outstanding. This is all just really centered around New York City. I didn't really look at the counties in the rest of the state because while their numbers are still looking kind of the same size, the numbers are a lot smaller. Uh, but we have Brooklyn, which is at 77%, Queens, 63%, Manhattan is sitting at currently 60%, Bronx at 74%, and Westchester sitting at an amazing 56% of their vote counted. I mean, think about this. We are 19 days, well, 20 days, sorry. We are 20 days removed from the election. And Westchester County, and I don't know if I'm saying that right, I'm not quite used to the New England vernacular, it may just be Westchester County, uh, sitting at 56% of the vote counted, is, it seems very low for 20 days of counting. And so far, as far as, since I am, we are talking about certification, so far the state's accounting uh, for 55 delegates for Biden that have certified our Maine, Vermont, Delaware, Georgia, Virginia, and Michigan, and states accounting for 80 delegates to Trump uh, that have been certified again in Maine because of the District 2 that he won, Florida, South Carolina, Kentucky, Louisiana, Oklahoma, South Dakota, North Dakota, Wyoming, Idaho, and Utah. So that's where we are as far as the election and what is left. Now, I do want to go back and discuss real briefly Sidney Powell, uh, who up until this weekend was one of Trump's attorneys. Now, she, of course, got the Trump treatment and was fired via twi uh, Twitter uh, over the weekend where they said that she was practicing law on her own and wasn't actually part and was never part of the Trump team, which I'm sure came as a huge surprise to her considering that she was at every press conference and in court with the Trump team in every single one of the cases that have been looked at. And we're, I believe we're into the 30s now. Trump team is still only one one. So Sidney Powell, who is also a lawyer for Mike Flynn, also happens to be a complete conspiracy hack. And that's the nicest way I can put that for Miss Powell. She had stated previously that she was going to release the Kraken of evidence. She kept saying this over and over and over again, saying that it was out there, that she had it, she was ready to put it out there, she was just waiting for the right moment. She has said similar things since she was uh, fired from the Trump team, but she's refused to this point to offer any of that evidence. Uh, I mean, think about this for a second. Tucker Carlson called her out for this asked her to be on the show so she could present the evidence to his Fox News uh, people who watch him, who are huge Trump supporters. She refused to go on the show. She refused to give them any evidence. So uh, Tucker, Trumper Carlson, right? Tucker Carlson completely called her out on it, called her bluff. She's still to this point not releasing any information about that. But it seems to be 
that where she finally lost trust in Trump or lost support from Trump. There were a couple of points. Oddly enough, there were some points. One of the biggest ones was when she went after Trump ally and Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, who she claimed not only helped Biden win the state by using machines that changed votes, but again, offered no evidence of that happening, but also claimed that he helped Kelly Leffler, who was a, who Kemp appointed to the Senate, uh, helped her make the runoff for her own seat. And ladies and gentlemen, this is the sameness of her conspiracies. Uh, there's really, really way too many to go into. Uh, let's just say she blamed two two men uh, who were dictators. Uh, one in South America, uh, uh, Chavez, and lost the second one. But they're, they're both dead. But she blamed them for Trump losing the election. She also claimed, without any evidence, that Trump won this election by a landslide. And I want to correct myself real quick. She did offer some evidence, which has already been debunked by claiming that the U.S. military had raided a German business and found a computer that supposedly had American votes on it. It showed that Trump had won by a landslide. How do we know this is fake? It showed him winning California. That's all you really need to know about that. So I got one more segment I want to talk about tonight, and that is the Biden transition team. Just kind of give an update uh, where they are on this. Uh, so I'm going to take another quick break and come back to this in tight. segment tonight is on the Biden transition. Now, they had already started their transition last weekend when the race was officially called. Uh, Though, you know, again, the race could have and probably should have been called on election night. It was clear that he was going to win, but we needed that drama, apparently, after four years of Donald Trump. But Biden has named, or is going to name, they're not official until tomorrow, apparently, has named some members of his team going in for his cabinet and other positions. I'm just going to go over them. Uh, First, we have Alejandro uh, Mayorka, who Biden is going to tap as the head of the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, He is going to be the first Cuban-American ever to head up the Department of Homeland Security. It is interesting to note that despite uh, the Cubans, uh, Cuban-Americans not actually supporting Biden this time around, and it wasn't so much that they supported Trump in overwhelming numbers, they just didn't show up. Now, there are some questions about what actually happened. And this is specifically more around Miami-Dade County in Florida, where the numbers were just dramatically low for an election but the the fact excuse me the fact remains that Cuban Americans by and large 
did not show up for Biden. They didn't really show up for Trump. They didn't really show up for anyone. Biden, who has stated several times that he wants his cabinet to look like America, uh, is going to appoint Alejandro Mayorka as his head of Department of Homeland Security. Next up, we have Janet Yellen, who he is going to appoint or going to ask to be appointed as the new Treasury Secretary. She is going to be, if confirmed, she will be the first woman to ever serve in that position. The, the next we have Anthony Blinken, who is a former Biden foreign policy aide, who Biden has tapped to become the next Secretary of State. Uh, I'll be honest, I was really expecting a much larger name for Secretary of State. Uh, I'm not sure who I was really thinking it might be, but I'm not really familiar with Anthony Blinken, but the information I have seen on him, uh, it seems like he may have bipartisan support in this position. Uh, then we have Linda Thomas-Greenfield, who is going to be appointed to, as the U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations. Uh, she will be the first black woman uh, to be the U.S. Ambassador for the United Nations. Next up, we have Jake Sullivan, who is going to be the National Security Advisor. We have Oral Haynes, uh, another woman, who is going to be the first woman to head up the national and uh, be the director of the national intelligence. Uh, but the big name for me so far in all of this is John Kerry, uh, who is a former senator from Massachusetts. He was the Democratic nominee for the presidency in 2004. He was also the former Secretary of State under Barack Obama. Biden plans to name him as the climate czar. Uh, and really specifically, one of Kerry's big things will be getting us back into the Paris Climate Accord. But John, the bigger news on this is that John Kerry will sit on the National Security Council. Uh, there used to be a position on the National Security Council under Obama uh, that was specifically dealt with climate. Uh, when Trump became president, he got rid of that position as far as sitting uh, on the National Security Council, but it does appear Biden's going to bring that position back to the National Security Council. Now, Biden is also has also stated that he is going that he plans to sign a series of executive orders to override many, if not all, of Trump's uh, executive orders from his last four years, including but not limited to, but probably the most important, having to do with immigration. Uh, we'll have to see what that looks like uh, when that moment comes. So that's really it. This is a, a fairly short segment. You know, after talking about the transition beginning in uh, Michigan uh, certifying their votes, this election finally, or this election season finally appears to be coming to an end. You know, my first episode on here. I said the election is over. Now it fully appears to be that way. As I said at the beginning of the show, 
I don't ever expect Donald Trump to ever admit, let alone concede, uh, concede that he lost this election. He, he's going to go out the way he's gone out in every business that he's ever owned. He's going to say that he was cheated, that he was wrong, that it wasn't supposed to go this way, and then he's just going to walk away. I don't expect him to be at the inauguration, if he even makes it that long. Uh, there's rumors going around. Michael Steele, who is the former head of the Republican National Committee, says as much today, oddly enough on TMZ, that he fully expects Trump to go to Mar-a-Lago for Christmas and never come back to the White House. Which is just as well. Since the election, Trump has not really been acting as a president. He doesn't really seem interested in doing anything that has to do with the presidency. Not that he ever did. Uh, but it's become even more glaringly obvious uh, in the last few weeks. And we still have the coronavirus, this raging pandemic, out of control still going up on its third peak, still within the first wave. There's no indication that his COVID council or whatever they're calling it has even met, which presents another problem as most of that council is now sick with COVID outside of the two doctors and Mike Pence. So at this point, the nation is a little bit rudderless, but, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel is getting bigger, larger, brighter, day by day. At this point, I don't even look to see what Trump has said today, because it doesn't matter anymore. I listen to Biden. Biden has his way, and he always has, since he first set foot in Washington, of having this way about him that just calms. We need to come back as a country. I don't know if Biden can do it, but he's the best person for the job at this point. And he is president-elect. So having said that, I'm not sure what my next podcast will be. It's going to be after Thanksgiving. I know that much. Uh, The Electoral College podcast is on hold until probably after the Electoral College actually votes. Just in case there are those wonderful, faithless electors that don't want to vote the way that their state votes. Uh, but we'll, we'll just see over the coming weeks, see what happens as far as politics goes, see if it's worth discussing for about half an hour. In the meantime, you know, we still have this pandemic ongoing. So wear a mask. Stay safe. I know that we are almost there. Hope you have a happy Thanksgiving with your family or friends, whether it's in person or virtual, and have a good night.